Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. If you like what you're hearing on the Dear Founder podcast, please make sure to take out your phone, scroll down. Yes, please do it now and leave a five-star rating or write a review so that others can benefit from the amazing stories that we're sharing here. I would so appreciate it. And I know that those who have yet to find us will as well once they do. Before we start today's episode, I want to take a minute to also say thank you. In just a few short months, this podcast has reached some incredible milestones, namely helping so many of you. From founding, growing, and selling my first company to now helping others do the same, so many of you trust me right here, but also through my classes, my one-on-one programs, and also my social media. Your belief in me is so appreciated, and now I can help you to grow your personal brand or your company's community through content, social media, partnerships, email marketing, collaborations, and more. Just click the link in my show notes. You can fill out the form and grab 30 minutes with me. I'd love to have the chance to meet you, to learn about your business, and maybe even work with you. So as Father's Day is coming up this weekend, I wanted to drop a very special episode to celebrate all the amazing dads out there especially the dads who have daughters and are so incredibly supportive of everything that they do. Today, we have not one, but two guests, a female founder, Sophia Raskoff, and her entrepreneur father, Spencer Raskoff. You may recognize Spencer's name as the founder of companies such as Zillow, Hotwire, and .LA. He's also a Harvard professor and the host of the Office Hours podcast. But on today's episode, we're not talking about Spencer's accolades. Instead, you're about to be blown away by his 17-year-old daughter as she shares the story behind the company she co-founded with her dad during the pandemic. Sophia Raskoff is the co-founder and CEO of Recon Food, the vertical social media app where people can reconnect over a shared love of food. Sophia is a junior at Harvard Westlake School in Los Angeles, where she's a leader in the entrepreneurship and creative problem-solving organization, a leader in the Latin American Hispanic Student Organization, a recipient of the Presidential Volunteer Service Award. She's also the oldest of three and enjoys cooking at home with her dad, running track and cross-country, and playing and teaching chess. My mouth was legit on the table during this conversation, and yours will be too, as you won't believe the knowledge and wisdom that you're about to hear. Please come on in and meet today's Dear Founder guests, Sophia and Spencer Raskoff. All right, so today on Dear Founder, we have two very special guests, which is very rare that I get to say we have two two guests here. We have Sophia and Spencer Raskoff. They are a father-daughter duo who created a company called Get Recon during the pandemic. It is the first social media app for food and very different from any of the founders I've had previously. Sophia is in high school (laughs) and (laughs) 
which is amazing. And her dad, Spencer, is a longtime entrepreneur. He has founded many companies, as you heard in the intro. And I am just so excited about your story and about having you both here and just talking to you guys both together. So welcome to Dear Founder. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Of course. So Sophia, it's not often that I get to talk to someone who's in high school who has created a legit company. And so one, first and foremost, congratulations and kudos to you because you're also going through the college entrance process. So, <laughs> so that's like a whole job in and of itself. And then you go to school on top of it. But I'd love for you to take our listeners through the journey of starting this company and how it came about. So Recon Food was developed largely during the pandemic at a time where we were really only connecting with each other through social media. Um, it became the sole manner for people to connect with others, especially at a time where we just weren't seeing each other in person and we were losing all that connection. But at the same time, social media became an even more stressful and toxic place. And there was a lot of scary news going around, whether it be about the pandemic or about other hot topic political issues that were just Instagram graphics rotating around with inflated numbers and scary statistics. And it became a really stressful place. And it wasn't a place for you to relax and scroll through social media and become happy. At least for me, it was really stressful and saddening and angering at some points. And at the other end of the spectrum, we had this positive thing, which was bringing our family together during COVID, which was food. We were cooking together, um, I mean, every night at some point, baking a few times a week. Uh, it was a really positive thing for our family and also thinking about all the great meals we were going to have after COVID and after the pandemic. So Recon Food was created combining those two things, trying to rid social media of its negatives and its toxicity and all the bad stuff, but keep the really good stuff, which is connecting with friends and sharing accomplishments, achievements, things you're proud of. Recon Food is a vertical social media network for food. So it's the Instagram for food. It takes the good parts of social media and lets you share your food, either that you cook at home or that you eat out at a restaurant with your friends um, in a way that's fun to share and connect with others without the toxicity and all the noise that happens on mainstream social media. So I love that. And I also love that you just said just how your family came together during COVID over food, because I'm constantly asked about my feelings and what, what changed over COVID. And I always say that like our glass was definitely half full. And it, the one thing that changed greatly for the better was that my family ate dinner together every single night for two okay. years. And we still are, I mean, at, you know, we really have, that was a change that we instituted in our lives and we saw how it was impacting our family. So for you to take it to the next step and create a business surrounding it is really fantastic. So you have this idea and you, you know, you want to do it, but like, what do you do? I mean, you live with an entrepreneur, you live with a, a, a massive entrepreneur. So I, I'm sure that it was really easy to like bounce some ideas off your dad, but like, how did you know what to do? Um, the initial part of the idea actually came from sort of a different intention. It was initially founded to be uh, think of like a travel recommendation site. So like TripAdvisor, but for the new age with more social components. And that's definitely something that's needed. So that was an idea that we were sort of throwing around back early pandemic, before the pandemic even. It was a long time thing that my dad had been thinking about. But during the pandemic, once our 
family took food so far. And it just, it kept coming up with, we were sharing recipes with friends. We were taking pictures of what we were cooking and sending them to our friends and family and hearing back, wow, that looks great. Or, oh, share the recipe with me. So it became this thing where it was like, okay, food is here, here to stay. And it's something that we want to, to move forward with. So we combined the idea of this social recommendation site with the desire to bring food to social media. And as far as actually starting the company, once we had an idea, we um, first you, we you talked, started writing schematics on a, yeah, on a notepad. I had my uh, my iPad. I have good notes on my iPad with the Apple Pencil. And I was drawing app screens. Initially, it had this almost Polaroid-like design that was sort of like Tinder almost, where it was like, it showed you a picture and it was like good or bad. You swipe to remember your food through memories. That's how Recon Food works today, actually. It shows you pictures from your memories of old food and you can rate it and post it even if it's not current. Um, so that was the initial idea. And then after we started coming up with ideas and, oh, it should have this and, oh, it should have that. Then we took it one step further and worked with a designer and worked with the development team to actually put it into motion. But at the very beginning, it was largely just brainstorming and coming up with all the fun ideas we wanted to include. So I read an article about you that you are a software engineer. Can you like, I mean, I was like, what? Like, come again? Because I mean, like, like your list of accolades at 17 keep getting like so long and it's amazing. But I, I mean, I would love to hear a little bit about that, too. And how how has where did that come from? <laughs> because obviously that helped with this, right? Yeah, definitely. It came from school. Honestly, I took my school's intro to programming one and two classes. Um, and then last year I completed AP Comp Sci. So I have a bit of a background in coding, which definitely helped as we're working with engineers to build the app and give me an idea of what was possible and plausible. But I've definitely learned a lot as the process has gone on. Um, I think I could do even better on the AP test now. <laughs> well, no, but I ask you that too, because it's I, I think it's just so important for parents who are listening to hear how important these things are. And just, you know, coding comes up often, especially now in extracurricular activities and whatnot. And it is a real thing that that people should be learning. And I'm that's why I wanted you to to say that. I mean, I wanted to hear that from you. It's really impressive that you've taken it and actually utilized it in this manner. So I mean, I've been doing the scratch coding and code.org a lot since I was really young. Um, it was always like a fun puzzle thing. So yeah, highly recommend coding. Uh, and then actually learning more last year, I'd say, than any other year, how to, I always had an idea of, okay, here's the words, but here's how you actually implement that code such that it can run a website. Like that was the moment it clicked for me where it was like, oh, I knew how to write in this language, but now I know how to make a real thing. So once you have the design, you have like the product, then what happens? <laughs> Um, the first step was definitely reaching out to family, friends, and texting friends and saying, hey, here, look at, this. what do you think of this idea? We are talking to lots of our friends who also love cooking or also maybe were unsatisfied with social media as it was, um, and doing not even interviews at that stage yet, because it was just talking to friends about, hey, do you think this is a good idea? What do you think? Would you use it? <laughs> um, things like that. But then as we started to hear over and over oh, well, I'm actually not on Facebook anymore because I didn't like it. Or, oh, I didn't like that Facebook was doing this, so I stopped using it. It was 
we started hearing a lot about how social media had problems and was a negative thing in a lot of people's lives such that they had stopped using it. But everyone also agrees that social media can be good at its core. Like if you remove the brand names that have made it bad, it's still a good positive thing that can bring us together and be a really powerful tool. So as we started talking to people about it and about their feelings towards it, we realized that this could fill an even bigger gap than just being a fun place to share food with friends. It could be the new age of social media, which is the verticalization of social media, which it's in good company with lots of other apps, which are vertical social media networks, where it's social media, just the good parts. Which is so smart. And also, I commend you for recognizing this. You know, I mean, I know a lot of your social life probably takes place on social media, in Snapchat, on Instagram, wherever else, TikTok, wherever else you are. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am learning TikTok at this moment. I have made it this dedicated, I, I'm put myself in a challenge and it's hard. It's really hard to like learn a new platform. I mean, I grew my business alongside social media. I started it before social media existed and I had to learn that all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to like learn something new now. And I do. Um, so, but I commend you for recognizing that because I think that so many people in your generation probably don't and just want to continue doing what they're doing. But when they realize what you are doing, I'm sure a light bulb goes off, right? Like how did your friends react to this? Well, I, I think the two go hand in hand, right? Because we can recognize that social media is bad and has a lot of flaws like I do, but also keep using it. I, this, when I hear like, oh, social media is bad. I'm like, yes, I know, but I'm not going to stop using it because we're so far into it at this point And it's become such an important tool and it can be used for good, right? There are so many amazing things that social media can do. And so recognizing its flaws, and I see a lot of people on social media addressing the flaws, which I think is great. And I, I think this is sort of at least among my friends, it's a consensus. Like we know why Instagram is bad. We know that certain things on Instagram make it toxic and it can be bad for mental health and body image and all this other stuff that you could list off. But we also know how to address that in a way that it's not like swearing off of Instagram is the answer. It's just recognizing that and acknowledging it. As far as how my friends reacted to the creation of Recon Food, a lot of them, all of them were really supportive. they were really supportive of me also because they recognized the time commitment and the effort that it takes to start something. And so honestly, Recon Food is almost even better poised for the slightly older generation of Gen X and millennials who see the social media problem as an even bigger problem. I think it gets inflated there. For me and my friends, at least, we see social media for its problems, but we still keep using it. But we found a really powerful audience with older millennials and Gen X who think social media is bad and don't use it. And so they use Recon Food instead of social media, instead of younger generations with social media. Spencer, can you come raise my kids, please? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, mean, (laughs) obviously, you know, this is like so impressive. And, you know, I mean, it's impressive for someone of any age, but let alone someone who's in high school. But as Sophia is going through this process, where do you fit in? Um, Well, I share Sophia's opinion about all of these topics and, um, you know, as a parent, but also as an investor. Right. So I'm a technology entrepreneur, and I'm also an active angel investor. And one of my 
uh, one of as an angel investor or any type of investor, it's important to have a couple of things that you believe to be true. Ideally, there are things that you believe to be true that others don't believe to be true. And when you can invest behind something that you believe to be true that others don't, that's where you can do really well. And one thing that I believe to be true is that social media is unbundling into these verticals. And so you have LinkedIn, for example, which is social media for your career. You have All Trails, which is social media for hiking. Um, Peloton for cycling and exercise, Fitbit, Strava. Uh, uh, Strava for running. And if you use these different vertical social networks, you'll find yourself um, learning that there are different mores within each of them. So it's okay. In fact, you're supposed to post your run in Strava. But if you posted your run in Instagram, it would be very strange. And you're supposed to boast about your career growth on LinkedIn. But if you put that on Snapchat or Facebook, it would be strange. And so um, so, so this is an investing thesis that I have, and I've invested in other startups that are you know, addressing these. And so, you know, when Sophia came up with this idea for Recon Food, it very naturally fit in my investing thesis. So I was thrilled to support it and and help get the company going, um, and you know, and be her co-founder because it it just is very consistent with my investment thesis. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high-quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. So where is the brand and the company now? Um, well, we launched about a year ago, um, and it's in the App Store on iOS. You can find it by looking for Recon Food. Uh, we have thousands of users that use it uh, very frequently to post photos of food that they've cooked at home or food that they've enjoyed in restaurants. Um, one of the clever growth hacks that we used is that when you download Recon Food, it connects to your camera roll, and it uses computer vision to pull out every photo you've ever taken of food, and it plots it on a map. And this is a great, fun way to relive food adventures. You, you see on a map, oh, I forgot about that amazing meal I had in New York five years ago or in Paris 10 years ago. And then it prompts you to share those photos with others that are connected with you in Recon Food. Um, so, uh, so that's where the product is today. It uses old photos and also new photos. It allows you to post home cooking and also restaurants. And um, you know we're building an Android app and the app continues to grow as users grow. I'd also add that the my favorite thing about the app that we've been able to grow and this goes right along with where the app is right now is our community we have such a strong community on the app and it's been my favorite i think that's been my favorite part of it actually is seeing people on the community interact and meet each other and honestly it's it's actually been something that's inhibiting our growth because people 
at least that's what I've heard, is that they don't want to invite their friends to the app because it feels like if your friends see your post, they're obligated to like or comment or tell you it looks good. But if a random stranger on the app sees your post and comments, it feels like so much more genuine feedback. We have people who did not know each other before coming to get together on this app, commenting on each other's posts and asking for recipes. And I've definitely seen them become friends and get to know each other on this app through the comments, through sharing recipes. We had someone post, um, we have a big user base in Ukraine because that's where our development team was based. And we had a user there post a traditional Ukrainian dish. And like six months later, someone who lives in San Francisco made that Ukrainian dish and posted it with a screenshot of the original dish and was like, this is what inspired me to make it. And to me, it was like, wow, that's what this was for. Totally along with the social media and connecting with a friend over shared love of food is the idea that food is something that really connects us all. It connects cultures, it connects languages, it closes all those barriers. And seeing people connect with others on the other side of the world through this shared interest in the food and making it together and eating it together was really incredible. So I love hearing you say this because I mean, this is what I did. I mean, I, I built a community in that. And, and I always said that watching the expectant moms and the parents at my events, like take, like if I saw someone take out a pen and paper or like use their phone and write down a number and exchange a number, To me, that was like, oh my God, my job is done here. You know, like if you want a stroller, great. Like that is like the icing on the cake, the cherry on top. But like if you walk away with a friend from like this event or this webinar or on Instagram or, you know, during the pandemic, we were online solely and I would watch people communicate with each other. And then now I'm I'm hosting these classes and I'm watching these entrepreneurs collaborate together through the classes. And it's like the joy that that brings, I think, as a founder is really special because you know, you're doing something amazing, right? Mm -hmm. It feels really, yeah, we get a lot of the, the, the most powerful thing to hear also along with creating that community is that it's, it's working for people. Like they're agreeing and understanding the idea. We just got an email from someone who loves the app and said, I asked him, I was like, do you use social media? Like what's your general take on it? Because I was curious. And he said, essentially that social media makes him feel bad and recon food makes him feel good. It makes him happy and he loves using the app and it doesn't give him the ick that social media does. I was like, yes, that's the goal. He gave, he wrote a whole paragraph about the reasons why social media is more harmful and isn't a positive experience. I was like, this is exactly what I've been saying. And so many people feel this way too. And so knowing that there are other people out there who are enjoying the app, for the right reasons, or in my opinion, for a really powerful reason, makes me want to keep going and push it out to even more people. So other than like when you respond to people via email or whatnot, how are you leveraging your community? How are you tapping into your community for your own research and for your own knowledge? And how are you monetizing them? As far as connecting with the community right now, one thing we're trying to do to spur that growth are community challenges. So we've had a few where it's like, we partnered with this chef for National Potato Day. And if you made a meal with a potato and tagged it with a hashtag, then you could be entered to win a prize. Um, I think it was a cooking lesson with him maybe and a gift card. So a few things like that that we've done that are community giveaways that are also really fun to see lots of people in the app making the same thing or being inspired by each other. Um, 
we've run ooh, a few more promotions like that. We're gearing up for one towards Father's Day or, and Mother's Day coming up. Uh, so that's one thing that we've done to create community within the app and try to spark growth there. We're not monetizing today. So, uh, you know, eventually there'll be a lot of ways to monetize once we have tens of millions of users. Of but, um, you know, for now, we're just focused on growing audience and engagement. Um, I love that. I love that because you don't lose sight of what's important. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, real. I mean, but really and truly, yeah. that's why. And, you know, obviously, like that's why someone's going to buy it eventually. And yeah. I mean, so, we have ideas on how we would monetize at mm-hmm. some point. You know, you can imagine lots of possible monetization around uh, food delivery or restaurant reservations, um, like a, a cost per action for those things. Uh, when people discover new, you know, new restaurants or new types of food or buying food items or cookbooks or other sponsored posts. Like there's lots of ways to monetize a vertical social network once you have huge audience. But it's also so awesome just to show up and do your thing and yeah. <laughs> watch it take flight because it's genuine. Right. And then when it does come time to monetize, it's a hell of a lot easier to do it when people are engaged. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the ads that ads that are interruptive are the worst. <laughs> I think in vertical communities, there are good ways to monetize that are actually additive to the community, especially if they're commerce related, but even advertising related. Um, so, as I say, like, I'm not at all worried about monetization. I, I am worried about user growth. I mean, it's startups are hard and um, the app store is crowded and, you know, it's um, it's difficult to grow users. As Sophia said, I mean, one of the key ways to grow users in social networks is through virality, is through people inviting other people. And it's hard to kick off that viral loop with a vertical social network from a cold start. Other than leveraging your community, what are you doing outside of the app to garner awareness? Um, well, we've done some food events, um, like attending food shows and food um, and, and doing kind of pop-up recon food um, activations at different at different events where food lovers and gather like farmers markets and things like that. Um, we've done some events also at food blogger conferences. Believe it or not, there's a pretty robust world out there of, oh, of I know all food influencers it. and food <laughs> bloggers. And so... Trying to get the word out in those communities is important. Um, we've activated food influencers um, that are active on other social media platforms and, and made them aware of Recon Food. Um, we've done a lot of PR and um, podcasts and um, content marketing. Uh, you know, on this general topic of social media as broken and what can we do to fix it, Sophia has become a, a pretty you know pretty well known spokesperson, especially as a teenager, on this issue which is a real issue that plagues parents and society as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, it's, I, I, as a parent, I'm proud that not only is Sophia helping to grow awareness for recon food when she speaks about and writes about these issues or appears on, on news shows or other, um, you know, other outlets, but she's also raising awareness for this issue, which I think is a very real issue. And, you know, and even Facebook's own research um, has helped validate, uh, you know, help prove what we all know, which is, some of the negatives of social media, which Sophia has talked about. Sophia, what do you hope for this brand? What's your goal? I would really love to, the like big broad goal is being able to impact the world of social media, which is not a numerical, I want this many users on the app, but it's much bigger than that. It's social media is this broken problem and 
we know it. And now Instagram has said, oh, we knew it too, but we didn't tell you, but we all knew it also. Um, so I want to be able to offer a large and well-known enough alternative to the big social media networks. My whole cross-country team uses Strava basically every day now. We all post our runs on it and it's becomes great community for us where we're commenting on each other's things and giving each other kudos. And it's helped our community, but it's also been a nice social media outlet because I know when I open it, it's not going to be a thing that's going to stress me out or going to make me feel bad about myself. It's just going to be me cheering on my friends. And I want to do that. But for the food world and food is something that connects us all. We all engage somehow in food. And so I see it as this massive opportunity of creating an option that is the good parts of social media and that people can open up their phone and say, I want to feel happy and feel good. So I'm going to go to recon food. When do you find time to do this? I mean, you play chess, you run cross country, you're applying to colleges, you go to school. I, I mean, I seriously, like I need to take some lessons from you because I feel like we're really underachieving over here in my household. Sophia is very good at time management. I mean, clearly she, she, she's, she loves scheduling and blocking and creating lists and crossing things out of lists. And, and that skill set is, is critically important for busy people. And no, nobody's busier than people with their junior year of high school. That's, of course. That's, well, but like, so what do you do? What's your strategy? There are entrepreneurs listening that can't, yeah. they can't figure out how to run their calendars that are 40, 50 years old. Um, well, I guess I'll give you the, the good advice and the bad advice. The good advice is I use uh, my iPad with good notes for a planner. And so I really like color coding everything. I have my weekly schedule on there and it's cool because I can actually look back in my calendar at past weeks. So get yourself a good color coded planner is my good advice. But my bad advice, which is probably the key to how I'm able to do so much of this stuff is that I am a productive procrastinator. <laughs> I, I looked up that term. It's a real term. It means that when I don't want to do something, instead of just wasting time on my phone or something, I'll do other stuff that I also should do, but it's not time sensitive. So I've managed to do a lot of recon food work when I, I get these random kicks of productivity. When I don't want to be doing something else, I end up doing a lot of work and it's fun because it gives me an escape. And so it turns what could be seen as just work or stuff I have to get done into something that I would rather be doing and that I get really passionate and excited about. So Spencer, I think I would love to hear from you what advice you give for female entrepreneurs. We are in a place right now where I definitely think we've come a long way. I think that, um, I mean, from the time I started my company 12 years ago to now, I think there are just, there are so many more female founders. I think there have been more, of course, with the pandemic. But as you know, much of the funding does not go to female-founded ventures. So what would you share to Sophia and to other female founders out there in, in terms of advice for really getting on the map and getting out there? Yeah, well, the data, you're right, is still pretty grim. Um, it's a, lot a long way than, to go. Yeah, it's a lot better than it was. But at least the tech industry is talking about this issue pretty openly now. And there are more um, women VCs that, that are being outspoken about it, and also male um, allies that are helping um, make this issue front and center. I think, um, you know, being a founder is hard. Raising money for a startup, whether you're male or female or, or anything else, is 
about getting a lot of no's. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of arrogance is pretty important in order to weather those constant no's. And, you know, this is, it doesn't necessarily have to fall along stereotypical gender lines, but whether you're founder of, of any gender, you have to be able to um, let that roll off your back and not take it personally. And, um, you know, I just, I was just pitched an hour ago by a female founder, for example, on a, for a startup of hers, which I decided not to invest in. And I will give her credit because at the end of the call, um, she said, you know, thank you so much for your time. I totally get that you're, you know, you're not going to invest in this round, but can I ask you for a favor? Can you please introduce me to two other investors for whom this might be a good fit? And I was just like, yes, I will do that. That is awesome. Good for you. You know, uh, you know, ask for the close, ask for yeah. the deal, even though I said, no, you know, still make me useful to you. Like that was great. Very few founders of any gender do that, but very, very few female founders do something like that. Um, so be a little bit more, you know, arrogant in a good way, a little bit more self-assured. Don't let rejection get you down. Um, and, um, you know, network the heck out of things. Um, you know, whether it's with men or women, uh, that's just critically important for founders of all types. Such good advice. And Sophia, I'm going to let you have the last word here. I'm going to ask you the last question that I ask everyone that is on the show. And that is, what are three actionable tips that you would give to another female founder who is thinking about starting or maybe even someone who started and isn't really seeing the uptick that they want to see? What would you tell them? I think I have these. I think I have these mapped out. My first one is find something that you're really passionate about. And I can make that actionable by saying, do research and make it something that applies to you. For me, social media is probably the most pressing thing in my life. It surrounds me at every turn. It's something that I engage with in school, in social life, in everything now. So find something that affects you greatly and deeply. That means that you're the right founder or the right addresser for that topic. The second one is sort of in the vein of networking, but even more specific. I'm a big supporter of the cold DM. Um, I DM with celebrities and influencers and like big uh, business people who can help me or further my thing. And you get a lot of, you don't even get no's, you just get a lot of no responses, but what's the harm? Why does it matter? Maybe they'll respond. And so cold DM, people who are relevant. I've done this for recon food for work business stuff. I've also done it to say, hey, that was an awesome music video to someone who worked on a music video that I thought was really cool and actually got a response on that one. So cold DMs, highly recommend. And three, I'm a big list person. I like making lists. So I would just say make a giant list. I call it a brain dump of everything you think you need to get done. And at least for me, that makes it much easier to start addressing things. I really, it helps me move on to check stuff and cross stuff off of a list. So I break things. If, if something seems big and hard to address, break it up into lots of smaller tasks that you can cross off one at a time. That's what's something that helps me really focus and organize my time and my focus and concentration. Such good advice all around. Where can our listeners find you and Recon Foods? So Recon Food is available for download in the iOS app store and Android hopefully coming soon-ish. You should search for Recon Food. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn at Sophia Raskoff. 
And, and, and I'm all over social media also at, at Spencer Raskoff. And we will link everything in the show notes. Sophia and Spencer Raskoff, thank you so much for being here, for your time, for your knowledge, for your wisdom. And thank you for being my first father-daughter duo on Dear Founder. This has been an amazing conversation and I'm so excited to share your story. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks a lot for having us. How amazing was that conversation? It's really hard to believe that Sophia is just 17, isn't it? I feel like we definitely got a twofer with the wisdom and the knowledge shared by both Sophia and Spencer. You know what time it is. Get your pen and paper out. Get ready to jot down some of their amazing takeaways. Number one, we're too far into social media to stop using it, even if we recognize that it's bad, but we can acknowledge it and use it for the good aspects. Number two, as an investor, there are things you need to believe to be true. Ideally, things you believe to be true that others don't believe to be true. This is when you can do really well. Number three, social media is unbundling into verticals. You have LinkedIn, Peloton, Altraz, Strava. If you use these different vertical social networks, there are different marais into each one of them. Number four, seeing people in the community you create interact with one another is one of the greatest gifts an entrepreneur can receive. Number five, utilizing partnerships and events has proven to be successful tactics to grow community. Number six, creating a genuine community that interacts with each other is a top priority for future success. Number seven, vertical social media communities can help you connect with and identify with people who have similar interests without feeling bad about yourself as you might when you are using traditional social media platforms. Number eight, to be productive, plan your weekly schedule, color code it, and keep it organized. Number nine, Raising money is hard no matter what. It's about getting a lot of no's. A little bit of arrogance is important to weather the constant no's. You have to be able to let them roll off your back. Number 10, always ask for the close. If someone says no to you, ask them for something that can benefit you. Be self-assured and don't let rejection get you down. Number 11, network, network, network. This is so important for founders of all types and across all industries. Number 12, Find something that you're passionate about, do research and make it so that it applies to you. For Sophia, this was social media. Number 13, don't be afraid to cold DM people. You get a lot of no, of zero responses, but what's the harm? Maybe they will respond. And number 14, make a giant list, a brain dump of everything you think you need to get done. It makes it easier to start addressing things, check things off. If something seems big, break it down into a lot of smaller tasks in order to organize and focus your time. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for joining us for today's episode of Dear Founder. Again, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to take out your phone and click that five-star rating or leave a review so that others can find us. We have some incredible guests coming up, so please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who has started a business or who has an amazing idea, please text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. Better yet, share it with your dad. Tag me and I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.